You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. In today's episode of What the Dev, we're going to be talking about how to empower developers in the SaaS decision-making process at their organizations. A recent report by Auth0 found that companies that implement more SaaS components innovate faster than those that don't. And those that do innovate faster are relying more heavily on developer teams for input in SaaS purchasing decisions. Joining me today is Jared Reyes, the Director of Developer Relations at Auth0. Welcome to the show, Jared, and thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's nice to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you here. Uh, so to start off, can you tell me a bit about how decisions regarding which SaaS components, like how, how that was managed primarily to date? Was it mostly done by technology executives and management at an organization? Uh, I think actually, you know, regardless of the history of it, um, developers have always been in the mix and have always kind of been part of the decision making. I think what this survey shows us is that uh companies are moving away from a kind of top-down approach to deciding uh, what tools to use and what components, or at least we hope they are. Um, (laughs) And uh, because some of the data shows that not all of the uh, companies that even want to do this are are implementing this sort of change. But right Mm -hmm. now we're seeing that these decisions are being made by uh, developers and technical management, which I would say is, you know, lead developers, um, uh, head of engineering teams, that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, in the past, uh, certainly in my experience, a lot of these decisions were being made kind of from a solution-oriented approach by the the business kind of decision makers. So the VP and C-level folks deciding kind of where, what tools were going to be used and, and who was going to implement them. Uh, and I think I saw in the report, uh, was it recent that developers outpaced other people in the organization in initiating most SaaS component purchases? And when did it become increasingly apparent to kind of bring developers into that decision-making process. I'm actually not sure when that change happened. I know in the last five years, we've seen uh, developers move more into the decision-making process, um, sort of at the same pace that we've seen APIs and developer tools enter the marketplace in a more rapid pace. Um, I actually don't know the timing of when this change happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the takeaway from the report is that it has happened. Um, we saw, I believe it was the largest uh, sector in this report was developers saying that they uh, that they are the ones getting to choose which tools are being used by the company. Right. Um, and, and what are some exa- uh, examples of SaaS components that uh, that are most important for developers to have a big interest in choosing? Like what are their, the primary motivators that they're looking out for? Uh, so when we asked developers which third-party SaaS, uh, which components that they needed to actually uh, source that required the most work to least work, at the top of the list was payment processing and authentication. Um, and at the bottom of the list was more like DevOps tooling and, and monitoring. And, I, and, that, and that resonates with me, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the stuff that ends up causing the, the biggest headache are the things where in order to do it well, you have to think of security and you have to think of compliance and you have to do it at scale, right? Um, mm-hmm. That sort of internal monitoring and tooling internal company, there's less requirement that you really think through all the security implications versus, you know, your customer authentication process or your payment processing. Um, and is it, are a lot of these like components that are looking for in terms of mostly like time and cost savings or is there more to it? 
Yeah, I think the biggest driver that we saw in the data was the agility was really what was driving this sort of um, uh, this sort of adoption. So, seventy five percent of the respondents said time savings and agility was the number one reason to use SaaS components, right? Because if you're going to um, if you're if you want to do it well and you want to do it right, there's a lot of things that you need to be able to customize. But starting with a platform or with a, a software that has a lot of the features kind of already thought through and best practices implemented is going to save you time and essentially is going to make you a more agile team development team. Right, right. Um, and I also noticed that there there seemed to be a, a bit of a discrepancy where the the findings were that eighty three eighty three percent of respondents using a SaaS platform. Uh, for authentication cited a reduction in time to market, yet only 14% of respondents cited that they were using third-party SaaS components in most of their applications. Yeah, that was surprising to me too. I think that to me indicates like there is a there is a large gap between how business is being done and how developers want business to be done. Mm-hmm. Because if, if it is, uh, if 83% are saying it, it reduces time to market, but only 14% are doing it. And developers are saying, by large, uh, the majority of them are saying it's very important to their job satisfaction that they get to choose the tools they're building on. It's very important Mm -hmm. to time to market they get to choose the tools they're building on. I think that just points to the fact that businesses don't necessarily know the resource they have with developers. And Mm -hmm. indeed, this survey is showing that while developers are wanting to be more part of the solution and they want to be a bigger uh, piece in the business that businesses just aren't catching up as quickly as developers would like them to. I see. Um, but are, are you finding that they're putting in enough measures to, to kind of have a, a good developer feedback uh, system? How do you mean? Are you seeing that organizations are, are more often now looking towards developers to, you know, consider these SaaS components? Oh yeah, the the companies that are innovating the fastest, the companies that are moving really fast, they are valuing developer feedback. They mm-hmm. they have teams that are built in to surface developer feedback. They have, um, you know, they have, they probably practice agile. Uh, but the companies that move slower do not really value developer feedback. They do not see developers as uh, so much as. Uh, the people that are going to help them solve their problems as much as kind of commodities to get to the end solution. You find that that a high uh, amount of developer feedback and high value of developer feedback is, is a strong indicator of the rate of innovation at organization. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because uh, developers, you know, it's not just that developers know the tools and therefore they bring a valid, important opinions to the table you know, when you're thinking of, you know, what's, what's the next sprint going to be and your developers come to the table and say, you know, here's some great components that we can start with. Here's a platform that's super modular that we can build on top of. Um, it, they, they certainly know the tools and that's why it's important, but it's also that at the core developers are problem solvers. You know, they're, mm-hmm. we're, we're all professional bug hunters. <laughs> we spend most of our time as engineers, like figuring out what's wrong with my code. Like, why, why am I getting this error? Uh, and it's where the stack overflow mean comes from, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. just professional stack overflow users, but that really, that really points to the fact that like, it's true. Like we all are constantly trying to solve a problem. We're not all just, you know, on the, the yellow brick road to success, you know, finding no bugs. We're constantly 
um, running into problems. And the business has a problem, right? If they're innovating, it's because they're trying to close a market gap or they're trying to solve a problem. And they have all of these people who are professional problem solvers who are, you know, they've chartered to fix this problem. It's, it's like, it's like showing up to an escape room with your 10 forensic scientist friends, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but the, but what we're seeing is that the problem is when the business doesn't understand what they have in developers, right? It's, they see their developers as a commodity. They see them as like the ax, not the gold miner. Um, Mm. But, you know, remember you just, it's like walking into an escape room and you're with your forensic scientist friends and you tell them the solution to this escape room is we have to split up and we have to organize the puzzles from most difficult to least difficult and rank them. Right. Like that may be a good solution, but you didn't even ask your scientist friends, like what, what should we do first? Uh, So when the business has a problem to solve, when you have developers in your organization who are professional problem solvers, like, of course, it leads to more agility. And of course, it leads to a faster time to market. If you start by asking the problem solvers, here's the problem we have to solve. What do you want to do? As opposed to coming to them with a feature and saying, this is the tool we're going to use and this is how we're going to build it, right? In any event, they're going to be ones using the tooling most often, right? So that's right. That's right. Choose the best one. Yeah, there's 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 uh, some other data I just recently saw from the, the Evans, the Evans uh, survey that said that developers... Um, are choosing products like with or without the business approval, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> a huge amount of developers around the globe are buying products for their businesses, for their companies, their organizations on their personal credit cards because they want mm-hmm. to use the tools they like. And we know that developers, you know, when it comes time to choose a product, they think about brand recognition and they think about the position of this brand, right? Do other developers I know use this? Have I seen this? this product being used by a company I respect, those are all part of the decision-making for the developer. Um, But in the end, they're, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna try to get the tool that they want to use. If, uh, even if the business doesn't approve it. Right. Right. And and from the other perspective, are you seeing that uh, a lot of times developers are kind of rejecting the the tooling that, that is brought from top down? Yeah. I, uh, when I, when I started off zero, um, I was looking into this and, you know, I found that of the companies that are that are using Auth Zero, seventy percent of those companies, seventy percent of the time, those companies choose to use Auth Zero is because a developer said, "Like we need to use this." You know, we need to use this platform, and that is that's just a huge testament to the fact that Auth Zero is you know customizable because there's no just solution out of the box that's going to fit your authentication needs. That's going to be as secure as you need it. That allows you as a developer to build the business use case on top of it. Right. Um, so developers are, are champions because they're like, this is going to give me more ability to solve the problem as opposed to having to fit a square peg into a round hole. Right. And, um, kind of a question at large, it seems that developers have have had to wear a lot more hats in the organization as of late, late like when it comes to uh, security and choosing SaaS components. Uh, can you tell me a bit about what you're seeing with the role of developers to be evolving today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, we, uh, on the developer marketing team at Auth0, we, we, one of our strategies, um, you know, our mission is to empower developers to innovate while securing their apps with, with Auth0. And one of our strategies is is going to events and 
sponsoring events and kind of talking to developers and figuring out where their where their needs are. And cybersecurity has been one of the things that uh, has been just inching its way into every developer role, right? From the front-end developer who is building a React app, having to think about, you know, how secure does this need to be? And what sort of tools can I use here to make sure that I'm not exposing anything on the client? Um, to, like, the just the fact that SREs are is a growing industry and the, the demand for um, conferences and people who can speak eloquently to SREs and their needs is is huge right now. I think that we're seeing that businesses are not willing to um, do anything that might put their business at risk, right? In the end, like they don't want their stock to fall. And that, and I think that that is, uh, you've seen incidences where things happen and um, credentials are exposed um, or, you know, someone's Twitter credentials are hacked <laughs> and uh, it has a negative impact, right? And it reduces in the end, it re- reduces, you know, everyone's trust in technology. And so it's super important that we kind of all collectively um, work at making sure the technology that we're building is, is as secure as possible. And if you're going to roll something on your own, I, you know, I constantly am building prototypes. And, like, the times that I've made mistakes that have led to, like, you know, security um, issues where I've gotten a, you know a, an email from the security team being like, Jared, I think you just <laughs> exposed your Google Cloud key <laughs> to the public. Those have always been when I'm prototyping because I'm not starting with a platform or with the work of a thousand developers behind it. Right? I'm not starting mm-hmm. with something that has been thought through. I'm just throwing something up on the web and, and seeing if it works. Um, and right. I think that approach inside of organizations is 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 less and less viable as as we uh, as security becomes a bigger part of the concern. Mm-hmm. Great. And is there anything else you feel is important to add relating to the developer's role in the decision-making process or uh, in terms of adoption of SaaS components? I mean, I think in general, uh, I, I think we, you know, as developers, um, we need to speak up for ourselves and we need to find ways to embrace the business problems, right? I remember I used to work on an engineering team and um, we, we had a sort of mutiny <laughs> when uh, we, we got another ticket that was a huge feature that came from the CEO, right? And we were like, this was like, this was interrupting our sprint. It was changing the, the requirements. It was a fire drill. And, you know, developers inherently hate fire drills, but I think it's important to say why, you know, why isn't it fun when a new feature drops on your table unannounced and you have to build it in two weeks, right? Why isn't that just an exciting problem? And I think the reason that it's not exciting is because we would like to be asked and we would like to be consulted on, you know, this is where the business is going and we think this is a good idea. What do you think? Because the reality is like, we care a lot about the business, right? We're, we're often implementing the features that are core to the next version of the business, or we're fixing a problem that has been a problem of a customer's for a very long time. And those are inherently making the business stronger and better. And so when the business decides to go to a direction and doesn't think to consult, you know, the head of engineering or developers, that, um, that's a, that can be alarming. But I think the developer's approach there is just to be like, yeah, that's, that's where... You know, that's where the business thinks it's right and not speak up. And I think it's important for developers' careers to think about the business a lot and think about, you know, how can I help the business get to where it wants to go and how can I create channels 
where developers are important. Um, so like creating ERGs, creating groups that are about innovation where you can, you know, a guild of developers who are thinking about the business innovation, that signals the business, you know, these are developers who I should talk to and consult with because they care. I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, no. I just remember, you know, Disney has something like this. When I went to, uh, I got to give a talk with uh, this this group of engineers at Disney, and um, they told me about this team that they have, which is the innovation uh, team. I, I don't think it's actually called that, but that's their mandate. Their mandate by the business is like, you are a group of engineers, let's say 300 engineers, who you go around to all the different global offices of Disney, and you sit in on important initiatives. And your one mandate is to be the engineer in the room who's going to ask the hard questions, right? And be like, is this the right choice? Or think about how we could do this better. And it's led to just a ton of really great innovation at Disney. It's led to um, thinking about how to do Wi-Fi on rides at parks where the, you know, the essentially the receiver of the network is constantly moving on a track. You know, you think about the, like the little car you're riding in, mm -hmm. like how do you keep that always connected with no latency and timed to all the things that are happening in the ride? Right. That was a hard yeah. problem to solve. And the innovation team was like, well, there's this thing we can, uh, there's this exploit we can use and kind of how Wi-Fi works in order to, to make this work. And that sort of engineering thinking around problems that, um, might otherwise have been solved by, you know, brute force or by just, you know, just uh, trying to work with a, you know, a um, piece of software that wasn't extendable. Like the, the engineer is going to be able to think through those problems. And I think uh, when engineers are given the mandate of innovation and helping the business, they often end up being some of the biggest stakeholders in the, in the business. So um, that's my advice is, you know, find ways to create channels where, developers can matter and, and you, it'll be good for your career. Right. It, it definitely seems like your role is getting uh, a whole lot more important and more comprehensive. Yeah. You, you feel that too. Yeah. 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 And, and also, I, I don't know why, for some reason, when you mentioned the, uh, the Wi-Fi and the rides at Disney, I, at first I was like, a lot of people are going to be losing their phones if they're, <laughs> if they're taking out their phones during the rides. If it was for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It's not for people's phones. It's it's it was yeah. for the rides to be able to communicate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. I've lost a few hats on the Matterhorn, so I, I know right. I know where to keep things in my pocket. <laughs> well, great. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. And I want to thank you again, Jared, for coming on the show and talking to us. Thank you so much, Jacob. It was a it was a pleasure. Uh, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Death. <laughs>